listening to On The Road with Mike and Andy, Australia's number one weekly podcast made for Aussie truckies by Aussie truckies, here to bring an independent voice to truckies right round Australia. On The Road is proudly brought to you by NTI, Australia's leading transport and logistics insurer, and Queensland Rail committed to improving safety through engineering, innovation and education. G'day, Happy New Year and welcome back to a brand new year of On The Road. This week, Mike and Rod Hanafy get their heads together to look at safety, rest areas and a whole lot more as they look ahead into 2023. We've got a variety of new music from Aussie artists Piper Butcher and Jake Murdoch. Now apparently, in the first week or two of a new year, nothing actually happens. So in our news segment this week, Mike and I will be sharing our thoughts on the people who make the news those clever and gifted chosen ones we refer to as the media. So we'll just ease our way into 2023. There's a long way to go. So let's get this show on the road. Yes, get over it. G'day, I'm Yogi from Outback Chuckers. And when I'm on the road, we're always on the road doing stuff out on the road. But when we're on the road, we're listening to the on the road. (laughs) G'day, welcome to 2023. I tell you what, I couldn't think of who I was going to start the year with. And I figured I'd better give old mate Rod Hanafy a ring, president of the National Road Freighters Association operator of the truck ride industry vehicle, road safety advocate and a good mate of mine. Rod, how are you, mate, out on the road? Oh, well, I'm, I'm walking alongside the Olympic Way. All right. I'll put that other hat on, the green reflector hat. Yeah. Somebody run over one of me reflector guideposts and I can't have that, so I've just walked back up and straightened it up, mate. Awesome stuff. Well, you would have known that you were coming up to it and you sort of had a safe place to pull over. That's what the green reflectors are. <laughs> exactly right, yeah. <laughs> oh, mate, I'll tell you what. I have said over and over again, and I know Adam Gibson from NTI said over and over again, it's the best bang for its buck road safety initiative, fatigue fighting initiative anyone's ever seen or heard about. And considering they don't pay for it, it's even better, isn't it? (laughs) Considering they don't pay for it. And the fact is that it isn't all over the place. It's amazing, isn't it? We just couldn't make that happen all over the country. I still haven't given up, mate. It's only 22 years since we started, and I've been called a lot of things, tenacious one of them, and never give up some motto, mate. Oh, mate, I'll tell you what, I'm hoping that we can make some inroads into that this year. Hey, uh, put your uh, NRFA hat on for a minute, Rod. What have we got going on with the National Road Freighters this year? What have we got coming up? What have we got to look forward to? Look, it's still really the only grassroots group that I'm aware of, Hmm. and you know it as well, mate, with blokes that you talk to and you say, now, well, what have you done? And then, look, we both get bagged out because we can't solve everybody's problems yesterday. Mm. People are really keen to have someone else fix things for them. And you say, well, what have you done? And they sort of go really quiet. So certainly, look, I'm, I'm still keen that we need more members because no matter what group you are, and I really don't care what group people join, whether they join that road or the state association or if they're a livestocker or whatever, if you're not a member... You and I both know how hard it is to do it on your own. That's right, yep. It's hard work, takes a lot of effort, nobody appreciates it. They all want you to fix their problems. And, you know, so often you get blokes around, oh, but you should get this fixed. Yeah, okay, well, that's good. I'll I'll give it a shot, mate, but what have you done about it? Well, I'm telling you. Yeah, but what are you doing about it? It's so hard to get people to get off their backside. And it's not like we're asking them to run for president or 
you know, do their own podcast or anything like that. You're asking them to put a little bit of time into something that they believe is an issue. And if they can't, well, then you ask for their support so that you can do it better. And if they're not in an association, then they're not getting the best value and, and we're not getting the value of their intent. Yep, that's right. Look, I'd hope we, we'd get some more people to join. That then obviously gives us more sway with people like NHVR to say that we represent more people. It gets more people involved. Yes, it gives us a few dollars, and we're talking 120 bucks a year, 10 bucks a month. Geez, what, you know, a cup of coffee in most places is 7 or $8 now, depending on where you go. Mm. So for that money, I think that you get really good value, representation. We give our time and effort. None of us get paid. You know, yes, we're looking at, as you're probably aware, mate, with this new rest area group, we've put up a GoFundMe page to support those drivers who would have thought, geez, I can't afford the time off to go to Canberra. Mm. Yes, it's one thing that they will give you a reimbursement if you fly down or drive down or whatever, you know, if you've got to stay overnight, that's one thing. But that's not two or three days lost income. No one's going to normally replace that. And we thought if we started that GoFundMe page, it might help a driver who, really has a lot to contribute, but simply couldn't afford to offer up his time as well. Yeah, well, we've got to sort of thank the TWU there too, because they tipped in a few bucks, didn't they? They certainly did, mate, yes, and you spoke to them. And and look, once we've got it up and running and we're getting close to the event, maybe we can go out and pursue some more. Mm. I know that there are companies out there that see value in what others do, and it's hard normally for them to find a way to support that. But I think this is one way, and it came from one of our NFRA members, to put that up and and have a go. And uh, look, you know, we've discussed in the past, mate, what time and effort you put in at at so much cost to family. It's hard to reconcile it with them. But if we get a few more people to join, if we get people that join the others and then have a say and participate, then I honestly think for what it costs in their time and effort, is nothing, and I don't think we're asking them too much to consider that, join, or, or make that effort to do something more valuable. Yeah, well, instead of just whinging about it. Well, if we don't speak up, mate, we, we nothing will ever happen. It's as simple as that. Yeah. So the conference is coming up. That's uh, February, isn't it? Eleventh of February in Wagga Wagga. We've got a fairly good roundup of speakers in that on the day. And, mate, at this stage, it's not really a surprise, but we have a gentleman who is an ex-highway patrol officer. Yep. Has retired now, so he can have his say. And, again, those blokes in those roles, we know the same with NHVR. They can't speak without approval from their marketing and public affairs and corporate governance type of people. Yeah, yeah. So this fellow, you know, he spent many years doing that job, and uh, I think he will be a very interesting speaker. I'll be looking forward to hearing him. And I suppose that's probably public knowledge that I'll be emceeing the event again. Yes, yes. Looking forward to it, mate. <laughs> I'll see if I can uh, get out of kissing Sal Petrosito on the cheek this time. Will I? <laughs> as long as you don't use the tongue, mate, we'll be right. <laughs> oh, God, that was funny. You really had to be there. You won't know what we're talking about if you weren't there at the last conference. It was funny. It was really funny. I will relate the story one day. What are the dates again? 11th of February in Wagga Wagga. Righto. All welcome. All welcome. Everyone can come and just RSVP. Yes, go to the Facebook page or, or the uh, the website. I did chase the, the website up. Someone said that it wasn't there, so hopefully we've fixed that by now. Yep. If you want to attend the dinner that night, well, there's certainly a cost for that. Yeah. But there's no cost to attend the conference on the day. 
Well, all the fun happens at the dinner. That's when the lovely Next Journey bag will get auctioned and all the other bits and pieces we'll have laying around. It's a lot of fun. Yes. Rod, put your truck ride hat on, mate. What are you doing there this year? Mate, truck's going well. It'll be 12 months old in February. At the moment, it's got nearly 180,000 K on, so we'll crack 200 for the year, which is not bad considering it sat down for a little bit while I had that shoulder surgery and the shoulder's going well. Thank you very much. Yep, yep. At this stage, I'm towing the RPT, Rodfell and Transport 50-year anniversary trailers. Uh, they did them up for me as a refurb, so they were a set that we already had, new set of curtains, set of gates, gates, and it recognises 50 years of filling, so I'll tow those until at this stage we're looking at a set of road train trailers. Right, eh? Uh, and they will be all done up to match, and then they'll be mine for the next four or five years, and then I'll have a whole combination on the road. The original truck's still on the road. The original curtains are on another set of trailers. And, mate, I was at Alice Springs last week, but whilst the website said they were open, they weren't. So I got to park outside and get a photo under the Kenworth banner that still haven't seen inside the place. So one day. Unbelievable. It's got to happen, mate. You have to see if you can line yourself up to go out there for the induction ceremony. Yes, yes. I mean, obviously, uh, it's one of those things. I had a hell of a time out there when I went out. It's a great atmosphere to be out there with the boys. Yes. With that in mind, obviously, the truck's still doing its job. Yeah. Whilst uh, I don't have those curtains like the old ones, they're still on the road contributing. At this stage, mate, I'm hoping to go up with something with GME and have a logo on the back about, uh, you know, mental health and... There'll be a, a sign on the back to call up and say g'day on a separate channel. So they're supporting that. Yep. It's still doing its work. Whilst I was off, I did go to the Australian Caravan Club. I've got a couple of other invites to go to other caravan events. And actually had a bloke sent me an email yesterday who saw one of my posters at Baladonia. Righto. And said, oh, look, you know, I really enjoyed the information on there. Have you got that? I'm happy to distribute that to other caravan groups. So that's really good. And... While I was on the way up to Alice, stopped at Glendambo, and that's where we did filming for our Caravan of Road Trains videos done with White Line Television. So they're still out there. And look, all of those things you do with the best of intent. You don't know how far they're going to go and who's actually going to see them. Many people comment that we should have a television campaign about sharing the road with trucks, about licensing for caravanners, about better use of parking bays. And the first two, they're things that we as drivers would all love to see, but no one really wants to fund. Mm. The third one, well, yes, as you say, we're talking about the upcoming steering committee for those rest area funds. There will be certainly some education there. There's a bloke that says that our current signage is not legal in a way. Oh, right, eh? Uh, it's not defined as to what is a truck. So there's a sign there that says trucks or trucks only. It's got a photo, but it doesn't say you must have a certain GVM. It doesn't say that you can't go in there in your motorhome. So there is that side of it as well. But the baseline is we simply don't have enough spots to park. Yes, there are more caravans out there. We don't want them driving on the road tired either. Yeah. But we certainly don't want them pulling up at 5 o'clock right in the middle of the parking bay and meaning that we can't get in there at night. Yeah. So some more parking bays, some green reflectors, better use of stockpile sites, mate. And, and I don't know how often you get to Brisbane, but if you go into Heathwood, there are signage there saying no cars can park there at night. Yeah. Now, that's an industrial area. If that's the case, and, and there are other places, there's a spot in Cairns I've been made aware of. There's a couple of others. If we can do that there, why can't we use industrial areas in Sydney by changing the law yeah. that says you can park a truck there in the middle of the night as long as there's no houses within the area? 
what the hell is wrong with a bloke parking in an industrial estate and going to bed and getting up when the businesses start in the morning? Rather than because it's got a system of street lighting or guttering, you get a ticket for parking here in the middle of nowhere with no one's around. Yeah, well, we need to change all that. There are places that you would be perfectly happy to park. I mean, obviously, if you go up around Eastern Creek, around the back of the BP, it's all transport businesses up around there anyway. That's right, yeah. I mean, yeah. no one is going to bat an eyelid if there's a bloke sitting on the side of the road lying in his bunk. No, rather than someone who sees it as an easy way to wake you up in the middle of the night, give you a ticket and tell you to move on. And there's no yeah. value in that to anybody. No. None at all. We do need to have some discussions about that, and I'm living in hope that the steering committee will be able to address some of those issues and find out what needs to be done to make some sensible changes around some of the laws. And Yeah, then with on, on that side, mate, I, I'm aware that, I don't know whether it's public knowledge yet, but there was quite a number of drivers did apply. Yeah. So that's good. I was a little bit concerned we might not have too many. Yeah. Obviously, those restraints that we spoke of earlier on in being able to take two or three days off to go to Canberra a couple of times a year, uh, I've certainly made Pillins aware that I have applied as a position there as the NRFA representative. Yep. That will hopefully have another bloke that's sort of multi-skilled there as a driver and also involved in an association level. So that means we should have at least five driver-based people. And as I say, it's, I don't know how much of that's out there yet. And of course, none of those have been chosen yet. That will be a thing that's probably underway as we speak. But uh, it was good to see that quite a number of drivers did apply. And that, you know, there's a couple there, I'm told, that are retired and, and then obviously have the time and the capacity. That's good. Mm. But I'm sure that we'll have others still on the road that will bring their current understanding. And, and I've already had a few emails saying, oh, you know, you should add this and you should add that. And there we are, mate. People are at least interested. So that's got to be a good thing. Well, from where I sit, I obviously had a chat with my employer and asked what his thoughts were about me throwing my hat in the ring, and he actively encouraged me to do it. Yep. Because a lot of our guys where I work, we do spend a lot of time away on the road and in the rest areas. Yep. Rod, just take a quick break here and hear from our wonderful sponsors, and we'll be right back. There's nothing more devastating for a truck operator than to be involved in a serious road incident. We've all seen the impact of heavy vehicle accidents and at these times, when people are most vulnerable, it's critical that they have immediate support from a strong, stable, reliable and experienced organisation. NTI is Australia's number one truck insurer, the specialist you can count on to protect your transport and logistics assets, with the know-how to take control of the situation and the capability to reduce lost income by getting trucks back on the road again as soon as possible. Specialist products, experienced people, accredited repair and recovery networks and industry advocacy is what we do. It's our specialty and we've been doing it for more than 45 years. For more information, visit the website at nti.com.au or go to the NTI Facebook page. We're back with Rod Hanafy, President of the National Road Freighters Association and operator of the truck ride industry vehicle. There are people, I wasn't aware, but there are people now doing job safety analysis and risk management strategies for parking in rest areas. Did you know that? Oh, no, I wasn't aware of that. I'd be interested to be involved and see who's doing it because the only study, to my knowledge, that's ever been done was done by ARB, mm. and that was done in 2012. And I did approach them at the time to say, you know, how many drivers have you got? In? Oh, we don't need you. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that's, that's really interesting. And then on what do you base that? 
Well, we know that it's a rest area. <laughs> yeah, right. And and you know how many trucks are going to fit in it, what combinations run there, and how we like to sleep. Well, that's not important. Well, I tend to disagree. Yeah. And the only thing that study did come out with was that not one of our major national highways met the minimum standard for the number or the uh, requirement of rest areas. And look, there's no doubt that we don't want a 27 road train by Taj Mahal in the middle of nowhere. There's not going to be no value. There's got to be a balance. We've got to look at, yes, how many trucks use that road and, you know, what capacity is a sword. And, and mate, again, I'm not preempting anything as yet because I'm not the only person that's going to be involved. But I'm sure that we will be asking for other drivers for input. Yeah. We will be asking them, where have you been when there wasn't enough capacity, where you came along in the middle of the night and that parking bay was full and the next one was full? Because that then will help us decide where we need more capacity or if there's you know, a section of maybe 100k. I believe there was a study done in the States recently that showed that where there was a bigger gap of more than, and of course they use miles rather than kilometres as we do, Yeah, I think it was something like 32 miles. Any area that was longer than 32 miles without a rest area had an increased frequency of fatigue crashes. Well, geez, that's not hard to work out, is it? It's not rocket science. <laughs> no. Well, no. talking about areas where you can go where there are a lack of supply, I mean, obviously, when we're looking outside the major capitals, particularly on holiday weekends and things like that, if you're coming out of Sydney, going to Melbourne as a truckie on a long weekend Friday, you're not going to get a spot at Pheasant's Nest. You're not going to get a spot at the duck pond there. They're just overrun with cars and caravans. Yeah, and look, I believe they're doing some work at Pheasant's Nest. That's really good to see. And, and I've got to give credit where it's due, mate. I was contacted by a Transport for New South Wales. Mm. Now... I can honestly say they're late to the party, mm. but the fact that they've come to me with a couple of things that they are proposing, and their rest areas north of Narrabri is one, work around Dubbo is another, and they do already have a body of works in place. But not only have they come to me, we've had meetings with other members of NRFA as well. Yeah, Each of those has raised different things, food at them and, and those sorts of things, food vans, you know, what are the requirements for that sort of thing? And, and why is it that some food vans can operate in some places and not in others? Mm. And we know that to set up a major fuel-based facility, you're talking millions of dollars. It's not BP or Shell or Caltex's role to supply all of the required parking, but there are places where there is an adjoining site. So the Caltex at Emerald yep. has an enormous parking area and there's a supermarket next door. Yep. gives you the chance to go over and go to the chemist, whatever it is. The big area they built in Darwin, you've got to say, they put a lot of work into that. And while some might not be really happy that there's an inspection pad right up the back where they do the truck inspections, mm. mate, there's a loading ramp, there's facilities there, and those sorts of things where we can combine what's already there. We don't need to go out and build 10 new rest areas tomorrow because the money's not there for that. But if we can add a parking bay on beside a current site that already has toilets and a deceleration lane, we get good value. Yeah, that's right. If we can use all of those stockpile sites or even half of the stockpile sites around Australia and get value out of them, at what? A cost of let's send a grader out, let's make sure that the entry and exit's fine. Most of them have shade, more shade than in most of the rest areas that I know of, mate, anywhere around Australia. True, yep. Uh, and, and I've got to say, I did have a discussion with Transport for New South Wales about the parking bay at Ticana Creek. 
And they said, oh, we're going to improve it. I said, that's really good now. It took me 12 months, a lot of phone calls, and some of them starting to get a bit irate towards the end saying, hey, I'm asking you for this parking bay plan. You know, you're telling me you're going to improve it. I want to know what you're going to do. In the end, it took me nearly 18 months and at least 50 phone calls and annoying a lot of people. (laughs) And the bloke who rang me said, don't shoot the messenger. He said, I don't like it either, but now I've got the plans for you to look at. Right. You know what they were going to do? Oh, probably one bay. They were going to chop some of the trees down that we've all sat and watched grow there for 20 years. Then I said to them, over my dead body, I will be yelling and screaming and jumping up and down and dragging you through every paper if you touch one of those trees. To their credit, they have reviewed that plan. None of the trees will go. We will lose one extra space, but we will gain toilets. And I think that that's a win because... Mate, how many parking bays, honestly, do you know of that have a line of trees like that shade in Titanic Creek? Well, I can't think of another one. No, neither can I. In fact, they cut all the trees down at the Poplars on the Yume. And, and others, yeah. the one on the bypass there at Gatton, mate. Yeah. When they first built that one on the outbound side there, yeah. there was still a line of trees in the middle, and I thought, oh, someone's had some sense. Yeah. Shouldn't have spoke so soon, because the next week they chopped them all down. Yeah, wonderful. Speaking of Gatton, I see old Wes has finally been beaten into submission. <laughs> I see his name keeps coming up, mate, and he certainly did some good there. What happened? <laughs> well, I, I think he's just had to take a step back. I think he's been beaten into submission. Keep going forever on his own, yeah. Yeah, he's a retired guy with not a lot of funds, and unfortunately you know, some of the guys who were taking advantage of the good work he'd done hadn't supported him, which is typical. Yes. Yeah, everybody wants it done and wants somebody else to do it, eh? He's had to take a step back. Uh, okay. The only person I think that'd be happy about that would be the minister in Queensland. <laughs> well, we were supposed to have a meeting with the minister. Now, to give credit to Wes for all the effort that he put in going out there and doing it himself, mm. I then did speak with the QTA, and the QTA did get those supplied ones there. They, they went direct to the minister. Yeah. So they've obviously got more sway than we have, and I, I credit them for that. Yeah. But... We were then to have a follow-up meeting to come up with a long-term outcome, not just, you know, we'll have the toilets here after such a fight to get them there and what went on. How many people honestly could say, oh, let's put in a parking bay where there's no toilets and at the time the BP was closed and the other one's up the road. Mm. How many truck drivers do you know are going to get there and go, oh, geez, I'm busting, I'm busting. Oh, hang on. I'll just drop this trailer yeah. and I'll bobtail up the road, but then I've got to drive another 15k up the road before I can turn around and come back. Oh, that's fine. I'll do that. Yeah. I don't know anybody that's that keen. No. And to say that it was a biohazard putting toilets in, it's a bit like, is that the blind leading the blind mm. saying that, oh, well, because we don't put them there, no one will ever need a pee or anything worse here. Yeah. So that'll be okay. The logic behind the whole decision-making process is fairly flawed, isn't it? (laughs) Pretty flawed, yeah. Yeah, you'd have to say so. Oh, on the subject of closed roadhouses, mate, what's going on at Narrabri? Have you heard anything about the shell at Narrabri? No, I thought I saw some action. And look, to be fair, mate, I put that on my homework list and it hasn't happened. I will chase the bloke up now that you reminded me because I've got a contact there at Shell. Yeah. It was certainly another loss. And that was one of the things they spoke about when we talked about the rest areas. They're going to build two north of Narrabri. Now, one's going to be an old abandoned bit of road. Right. Fantastic. Good use for the facility. Yep. But then they're going to build another one. And I said, uh, look, realistically, you know, except that we want the old road, that's fine. But maybe with that, with what's on the north of Narrabri, what's on the south of Narrabri, what's there now, 
I said, I honestly believe you need to do something about Kigabor. Yeah. Because a lot of people do changeovers there. And I've been asking for at least 20 years for some form of shade. Yeah. Now, we don't want a 500,000 square metre roof. It'd be really nice, but it's never going to happen. And all I initially asked for was a post with a V-shaped piece of roof up the top, you know, maybe about 45 degrees or a bit less. Yeah. So that if you pull up in the morning, the shade's on one side, you pull up in the afternoon, you get a bit of shade for a couple of hours while you're there, if that's all you need. Yeah. Now, to ask them to plant trees out there is a bit hard, yes, but there's a bloody great big dam on the southbound side. <laughs> so it's not like there's no water there. Yeah. And again, a set of toilets there for those blokes that are doing changeovers, there's virtually nothing either side, really. And I said, you know, same in Dubbo. If you're going to go and look at what's on at Dubbo, we need, you know, maybe a bit of an improvement to the pavement out there in front of Kenworth, and we need a set of toilets at either end, out at the zoo. Yeah. Somewhere like that. They spent all that money out there, but there's no deceleration lane, there's no acceleration lane, and there's no toilets. And yeah. I wanted to do a, a caravan day there. Yeah. You know, get the caravan clubs out, get all the, oh, you can't do it because it's not safe. Well, who built it? Yeah. Fair go. Yeah. Does you Oh, mate. Yeah, people say, why do you keep banging it against the wall? I'm saying, oh, hopefully one of them's going to give in one day. I hope it's not my head. Oh, mate, I'll tell you, I, I just look at it sometimes. Just I shake my head and I go, good God. Same with the green reflectors, mate. As you say, I had another bloke come to me the other day and say, oh, fantastic idea, mate. He said, he said, who does that? I said, I'm not allowed to tell you because then he'll get in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> and I've written the procedure. Yeah. But if we then allow them to do it and you have five blokes go out with stop and goes and party hats and we're going to get two done for the price of what I could do a highway for. Yeah. No, it's ridiculous. We do need to look at some common sense approaches. Yes. All right, mate. Well, it's great to get in contact with you and have a bit of a chat about the start of the year. I look forward to seeing you again at the conference if I don't see you beforehand. And obviously, if you're listening and you feel as though you want to buy your old man a present or you're an old man like me and you want to buy yourself a present, quick membership to the NRFA or your favourite brand of poison, whichever one it is, it wouldn't be money well spent. Yep. And I think we'll uh, look forward to the new year and earnestly report on all the news as it happens, mate. Yeah, to all those blokes that are still out there, mate. Um, I got Christmas Day off. I was back at work Boxing Day. Did get two days off over New Year, and then some blokes wouldn't have got that. There were certainly some I passed that were still heading away and north and west and, and wouldn't have got home. Yeah. So we appreciate what they do. There are a few that do that, and, mate, uh, to all of them, to every truck driver that's out there, we will keep fighting the fight. I will do my best, and I wish you a trucking good New Year and that we do actually achieve some of those things we've been trying to do for so, so long. Thanks for making some time for me today, Rod. Anytime, mate. All the best, Mike. See ya. Bye-bye. Kermie here from Trucking with Kermie. I listen to On the Road podcast every week on the Australian Big Rigs Road Show. And when that's done, you might like to pop over to Trucking with Kermie on Facebook for my take on trucking and the people who make the industry what it is. Catch you over there, and in the meantime, take care of you. Got me there, Andy. Got you go. Better throw out those anchors, buddy. The traffic's at a standstill up here. I reckon some clown's got himself stuck under the Dunlop Terrace Railway Bridge again. Again? Maybe he was delivering a bridge and ran out of diesel. Yeah, no, it's no joke, really. According to Queensland Rail, there's been 65 bridge strikes and around 280 of those protection beams hit on the Queensland Rail network in the last financial year. With the fines around 11 and a half grand, you'd think drivers would make a point of knowing the height of their truck. 
The fines are one thing. More to the point, these people are risking their lives and putting others in danger. Yeah, roger that. Maybe Queensland Rail should do some kind of educational advertising to warn drivers about the danger of brute strikes. They are, mate. Why do you think we're recording this? <laughs> oh, yeah. They're smart people at Queensland Rail. Yeah, good looking too, just like us. <laughs> this safety message is brought to you by Queensland Rail as a reminder to us all that size matters know your trucking height. Our featured Aussie artist this week is Newcastle singer-songwriter Piper Butcher. Her new single, Unconscious Mind, is a song that channels a path of discovery. It's grounding, it's raw and it's soul-freeing. Through her lyrics, Piper portrays the story of a mind-bending battle between the power that people hold over each other and how a minute choice can send you spiralling down a road to self-destruction. She hints at changing your own life, catching up to the choices you've made and finding peace within yourself. Piper says, People crave freedom in their own lives, but sometimes the only person blocking that is themselves. This song has a unique and striking sound and showcases her emotional connection diversity in the music industry. Without further ado, here's the dynamic Piper Butcher with Unconscious Mind.
This is Adam Gibson from NTI, and you're listening to On the Road with Mike and Andy. Something to talk about is brought to you by Only Trucks and Credit One. Buying your next truck has never been so easy. Go to onlytrucks.com.au. Hold your breath, sit down, do your seatbelt up. I'm about to agree with the ATA. Now, I know it's dangerous ground we're on now. Agreeing with the ATA is not something that you'll find me doing very often. But even a broken clock can be right twice a day. So the ATA is saying that the NTC, the National Transport Commission, should be sacked because they're not doing their job. Huge surprise to everyone I know, but there you go. The ATA are right at least once today. They're saying that there seems to be a little bit of a bureaucratic effort going into some oversight at the NTC. The NTC have spent years, to use the ATA's words, frigging about with the national law, the heavy vehicle national law. Oh, look, the licence review has been going on for that long now. It's silly. It really is silly. Now, I had a guy on the show from the NTC, and we had a bit of a chat about it. Perfectly reasonable man, obviously, doing what he's doing and thinking that they're doing the right thing. I don't know. I'm not a fan of the NTC. I'm not a fan of the ATA. So there you go. The ATA are saying that there should be a bit of a change in the focus, the broken permitted laws, the broken duplicated permits, the broken repeated bridge assessments that need to be done. You know, Tasmania's had to intervene to protect its road transport industry, blah, 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 blah. I wonder if anyone from the ATA has actually had a look at what happens in Western Australia with the AMS system over there, where roads are gazetted, and if you've got the right truck with the right configuration and the right axle groups and things like that, they're just gazetted roads like B-double roads, and everyone uses them. Now, there are oversized over mass issues in Western Australia. Don't get me wrong. I wouldn't want to offend my old mate Cam Dumsney from the Western Roads Federation he will be jumping down my neck and ringing me up if I say there are no problems, because there certainly are. But they're nowhere near what they are in some of the places on the East Coast. Absolutely ridiculous. The ATA say the NTC should stop and focus on the national economy. Well, <laughs> perhaps the ATA should focus on the national economy as well. Makes me laugh that the ATA have also said, oh, you know, the NTC called for a wage cut, 25% wage cut for drivers. I would have thought that there'd have been people in the ATA's constituency who would have been clapping their hands furiously if that could have got across the line. That brings out the cynic in me. What could I say? That's something to talk about, something to think about. If you've got anything to say, call me, Mike, 0418722488. That'll get me. Send me a text message. Email me, Mike, at ontheroadpodcast.com.au. Take it easy out there. We'll see you on the road. This is Jane Denham, and you're listening to Mike and Andy on the road. Line number one, you're supposed to have it all together. And when they ask how you're doing, just smile and tell them, never better. We just wanted to stop by for a moment and say, G'day, how are you? No, I mean, how are you, really? Physical and mental health is a significant issue for the Australian road transport and logistics industries. 
Risk factors like long hours, workplace isolation, pressure to meet deadline deliveries and the need for continual alertness all contribute to making us vulnerable to physical and mental health issues. As much as it might feel that way sometimes, you are not alone. There are some incredible people and organisations in our industry whose sole focus is on helping you to stay healthy in body, mind and spirit. All these numbers and addresses are listed on our website at ontheroadpodcast.com.au. Take care of yourselves. We really just want to see everyone get home safe and well. Road News is brought to you by Big Rigs, Australia's national road transport newspaper. Happy New Year, Mike. Happy New Year to you too, mate. How are you going? You right, are you? Doing all right for an old bloke, mate. It's another year, another year older. I'm a year older today, mate. It's happy number 60 for me today. Oh, mate, happy 60th. Yeah, that's a big one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was for me. (laughs) 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 I remember it well. Well, I, I vaguely remember it, yeah. Yeah, there's plans for me to not remember it. If I'm around on Saturday night, if I'm still around on Sunday morning, there's plans for me to be not remembering it, but we'll see how we do. I have said no surprise birthday party or anything like that, and I just don't know whether Rose is listening to me or not. She usually doesn't, so we'll see what happens. So if I start singing happy birthday to you now, you're not going to be terribly happy? No, I'll just hang up. (laughs) Well, here it is. So, mate, rumour has it that being this early in the new year, nothing's actually happening. We haven't got any news. Well, there is there is news, but no one's reporting it. All right. I do know that, unfortunately, a couple of drivers have lost their lives over the holiday period, truck yeah. drivers I'm talking about, unfortunately. Yeah. And that seems to happen. There's been a few things, incidents and accidents and stuff like that to report, but nothing to write home about. All the trucking magazines have just uh, recycled their old stories. In fact... They've even wheeled out a couple from earlier last year, so Mm. we're not going to bore everyone with that. I've been stalking around trying to find out what's going on and and have a look at the mainstream media, mate. I'll tell you what, there's some crap out there. Good old MSM. The MSM. I I went to news.com.au. Now, I don't want to give them a plug. I think you just did. Did I? Oh, (laughs) God. I'm as thick as two short planks sometimes, aren't I? Oh, no, you're all right. I just cannot believe what passes for news. Mm. But you just sort of scroll down and you think to yourself, my God, what do people read? What do they do? Anyway, I sort of highlighted a couple of stories which we might find interesting, right? Okay. Hit me. There's a technology story Mm. about how LG, you know, life's good televisions and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Yep. Now they've got a Zero Connect TV with cordless technology. Isn't that marvellous? No, I've got to have one. They've fixed one of those first world problems for those unsightly cords. (laughs) But hang down around your television that you can't choose and all that sort of stuff, you know? I wish they'd do the same thing for this studio, mate. I've got so many leads going every which way. Maybe we should get an LG specialist going and have a look. Maybe. This made me laugh. I mean, this, this is news, right? This is, this, this is what passes for news. Hmm. I know, so I'm not going to look into that any further. Just that that'll fix your unsightly problems. Go to LG and find out for yourself. Hmm. Now, the one that really cracks me up, right? This really cracked me. 
A bloke driving an R8 Audi. You know what they are? You know what an R8 is? I do. Beautiful car, two-door sports car, worth you know, worth a mint. Mm. You or I will never be able to afford one. I don't think I could get out of one if I got into it, to be honest with you. Mm. Mm. Anyway, people have got the s*** in Sydney with him, with this bloke in his R8, because he's entitled. Okay. He's infuriated thousands of people online, this bloke. Yeah. There was a photo posted on Reddit of this red, flashy car, clearly parked across two whole spaces at a DY beach. Right. Right, so there's a photo of the arse of this car and a very attractive arse on the car it is too. Yeah. It's parked between, like, looks like a bloody one of those minivan things with go-get stickers on it, mm. right? So they're going to be really careful about where their doors go. <laughs> yeah. And like some other sort of SUV, and this bike's parked right in the middle. Now, have you ever sat in an R8? Have you ever been in one? I actually sat in one the other day, yeah. Did you? Mm. Well, they've got very long doors on them, haven't they? They do, yeah. So I can sort of understand, I can sympathise with this guy. There's two things, really. We all do get really annoyed about the, the silly dents at the supermarket. I know I do. Oh, yeah. Right, so we're going down to the beach at DY. I don't know why you'd want to go to the beach at DY if you own an R8. You should have a pool, shouldn't you, really? Well, well your own beach, at least, yeah. Well, you'd think, wouldn't you? Yeah. Anyway, so you've got the really long doors, and, and the car parking space is that narrow. It's ridiculous, you know? Yeah. So I don't even know, if you, even if you lined it up within the lines, how would you get the doors open far enough to actually get out of the car? So he's actually being considerate of others doing that. <laughs> well, I never thought about it like that, but you wouldn't want to door down someone with the end of the doors on your R8, would you? No, definitely not. I mean, that's why when I park at the shopping centre car parks and things like that, I always find two nice cars to park in between because the last thing they want is any of the muck off my dirty old ute on their car. <laughs> I saw a car, because Rose and I shop at the local Aldi supermarket. I'm not giving anyone plugs today. Oh, yeah. And I parked beside a car the other day, and the sticker on the back of it that said, I've got kids, they will ding your sh-. <laughs> Well, that's honest. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear, it just made me laugh. I mean, here's this guy. You can't win, right? Yeah. I can understand why he's taking two spaces. Personally, if I owned an R8, I wouldn't take it anywhere near the beach at DY. No. But I just wonder, you know, we see all these Dodge Rams and F250s and Chevy Suburbans and shit running around all over the place. Mm. They're huge, them things. Oh, yeah. And the car park's just, I mean, Christ, you can barely park a bloody Honda Jazz in them, you know? It's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. There's another ad. Did I do it again? <laughs> Unbelievable. We should have some good sponsorship money coming in this week. We should, shouldn't we? Yeah. So what did you think about that? Do you think he's entitled to take two spaces to protect his car and not ding anyone else's car? Or do you think he's just being a first-grade, self-entitled But You better bleep that out with the train horn. Yeah. Well, look, I guess if you look at it in black and white, yeah, he's being a bit inconsiderate. But you can kind of understand his position. You, you know, you see people with these lovely old classic cars. Yeah. I wouldn't want to park that anywhere near any of the riffraff that don't give a rats that just throw their doors open and so on. I mean, Years ago, I saw there was a massive convertible Cadillac Eldorado or whatever it was. Yeah. Huge. Yeah, yeah. And it took two parking spaces to park the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just loved the number plate because it just said, why not? Indeed. Why not? Because your first question was, why would you want to drive something that big? And then, yeah. why not? Why not? We ended up naming our band after it, actually. Did you? Anyway, that's another story, but... Yeah, I reckon that maybe it is a little bit selfish. I think if you had a nice car like that, that's great for your country drives. Keep a beat-up old Holden in the garage and use that when you go to the beach, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. Get an old ute like mine. An old ute like yours. I'm thinking about buying a Scorpion Scout car or something like that to go shopping in. <laughs> yeah, well, there's that. Or get a Hummer or yeah. whatever. Something that doesn't matter. Mm. Mate, moving right along, 
there is a trend now towards video interviews. Mm. And I sort of found this thing, and this thing made me laugh. It's on the seek.com.au webpage, right? I'm not looking for another job either, mm. right? But it just happened to be there. It came up in my feed and I saw this and I thought, this is funny. It made me laugh, right? Yep. And they talk about how to showcase yourself in a video interview. You want to know how to showcase yourself? Shall we help our listeners in how to showcase themselves in a video interview? How to present for the job. Yeah, go on. They want to know what's different about a video interview. Well, you're not in the same room with the other people, so you probably don't need to worry about a shower, do you? Yep, no deodorant required. No deodorant required. And if, you, if you're really smart about it, you can probably do it in your underpants as well. Well, that's it. <laughs> Waist up only, yeah? Like the newsreaders. <laughs> like newsreaders, yeah. So they reckon that you should talk yourself up in the video interview. Hmm. I would have thought that it wouldn't matter if it was a video interview. You'd talk yourself up anyway, wouldn't you? You want the job? Yeah, well, up to a point, as long as you're able to talk yourself up in such a way that it doesn't sound like you're just big noting yourself. Well, maybe. I don't know. Hmm. Then it says that you've got to picture yourself talking to someone. Right. So, I don't know. I think there's a pre-interviews, like you get the video of you and you put this in within your online application, they get to look at you rather than reading your CV. I think that's how it all works. Mm. But they reckon you should take control of your body language. So, if you've got Tourette's or some tics or something like that, you might want to get that <laughs> under control first. It might help. And structure your answers. I would have thought that that would have been a good idea, no matter what sort of interview you were doing. Give them a structured answer. Of course. I read with interest in this article that the National Australia Bank are using this technique quite a bit. Yeah. You know, it strikes me as interesting. Obviously, if they can have a look at you before we get you in for an interview, yeah. that might be an idea. I'm, I'm wondering, maybe I'm being a little bit cynical, because you, you've never known me to be cynical, I'm sure. No, not in the years I've known you, no. But say, for example, you do this video interview and you've got 15 different shades of purple through your hair and stuff like that and you're applying for a bank teller job yep. and you look like you've been smacked in the face with a tackle box, mm. they might just use the video interview to say, thanks, geez, your great application, thanks very much for your time. Don't call us, we'll call you. Well, yeah, well, they wouldn't say that, though, would they? They wouldn't be that upfront. There's too many cowardly ways out of things. And I just sort of think maybe this is one of those ways. But, you know, mate, in this day and age, so many of these employers yeah. don't even bother to get back to people unless they're successful, which I think is just rude. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Of course. What about if you're as ugly as a robber's dog, mate? You know, it's maybe not going to help you. Maybe they'll do what people do with their profiles on the internet and actually use a stand-in act <laughs> to play them in the video, you know. If they get the job, they say, gee, you look different to how you looked in your video. Yeah, well, you know, it's not easy to look like Robert Redford every day. Like your Tinder photographs, mate, just... <laughs> no, that's right, that's right, that's right. Yeah. I just look at it and I'm thinking to myself, you know, what else can we do where we can just take the person out of it, you know? Mm. Uh, you need to create yourself a 30-second elevator pitch and practice delivering it until it's natural. Yeah. Nothing fake about that at all, is there? Yeah. Oh, dear, oh, dear. That made me laugh, mate. That really did make me laugh. Now, the last one that really made me open my eyes up, and I, I am a cynic. Mm. I really am a cynic. Mm, we've established that. I am a cynic. The Albanese government has finalised a deal to purchase US-made missiles that have been used in the Ukraine. What, they're buying used missiles? No, no, no. They're, <laughs> going to buy the, they're not going to buy used ones because they've already shot their load, so to speak. Well, literally no bang for your buck, no. No, there'll be no bang for your buck, but we're going to spend... Wait for it. Uh, over a billion dollars on some missiles. Goodness. A billion dollars, right? Yeah. Now, the current missile capability we have is currently limited to between 30 and 40 kilometres away, right? Yeah. So that's not far enough. We need to be able to hit people further away than that. This new weapon system can fire 300 kilometres. Hmm. So we'll be able to hit them from Kaiguna to Baladonia, no trouble at all. Yeah. 
Uh, it makes me wonder, you know, and the cynic into me says, you know, we have these little wars all over the place and this is a little place where the, the big guys can go and test their weapon systems out. It's a bit of a free ad, really, isn't it? Mm. So Richard Males has seen how well these things blow Russians up and oh, you need to buy a few of those. <laughs> yeah, my missile's bigger than your missile. Yes, indeed. Yeah. I sort of think to myself, mm, why? Defence Minister Richard Mayles said in the current strategic environment it was important for the Australian Defence Force to be equipped with high-end, targeted military capabilities. I don't know who they're fooling. Well, only themselves. They're going to spend a billion dollars on that. I hate to break it. And, you know, unpopular opinion. <laughs> Breaking news. <laughs> but if the Chinese got the sh** with us and decided to send their military down here, yep. we might be able to amuse them till lunchtime. Oh, yeah. It'll be a fireworks display that marks the beginning of the war. Yeah. Yeah, after that, it'd be game over. Mm. Everyone thinks the Americans would help us. Where are the Americans going to come from? Well, you know what the scariest part of all that is? Not only the money that they're looking to spend on it, but who's going to have their finger on the button of it? Well, there's that too. I mean, can you picture Elmer Fudd sitting there with his finger on the button? Oh, don't start me on him. Anyway. I'm trying to be nice, you know. <laughs> I've tried to be nice. Yeah. Anyway, they've got some lovely pictures of these things blowing stuff up. Newly acquired long-range missiles will eventually be firing 10 times longer than our current capacity. Mm. Oh, geez. If we only worked on things that were important as well as we work on how to blow shit up, we'd be doing a wonderful job, wouldn't we? Yeah, absolutely. We've got time for one more. Yeah, go. I had a bit of a laugh. Warner is going to retire and he's got a bit of a pact going there now to sort of save Australia. He's going to go to the commentary box. Okay. That'll be fun. At least you'd be able to spot if anyone's cheating, won't you? You'd <laughs> uh, be good for doing the pitch reports because he's very close to the ground. That's right, that's right. Yeah. And I had a bit of a laugh. They're carrying on about the man-cad rules and all the rest of it. Oh, yeah. Old mate Gillespie's come out and said, you know, leaving the crease early is cheating. Yeah. Uh, oh, no, 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 no. That's not cheating. That's just gameplay. Of course it is. Taking a chance, so to speak. Yep. Trying to take a little bit of an advantage. It's like trying to steal a base in baseball. Mm. Not worse. Mm. And you get the chance to get them out. The man-cad rule exists. It is there. Yep. So you can get them out if you play the game properly. You can get them out for doing it. But apparently it's cheating. Mm. No, I don't think it's cheating. I think it's gameplay. What would be cheating would be something like, oh, cross, I don't know, taking a bit of sandpaper to a ball maybe. That'd be cheating, wouldn't it? Yeah, quite probably, yeah. Well, I mean, it's lose-lose whichever way you go because if they reckon that by sneaking out you're cheating, yeah. then that's one side of it. But then the man-cad rule exists, and if you do that, then that's bad sportsmanship. Yeah. So lose-lose. <laughs> no, that's all right. We've all got a smile to be more inclusive, and maybe if we wear some pink nail polish, that'll make it all all right. Yeah, well, yeah, maybe it will. I'm too cynical, aren't I? Am I too cynical? No, I think you have to be in this day and age. Do I need help? <laughs> well, you do, but that's another story altogether. <laughs> have you got anything? Well, I was just going to say, when it comes to the media, yeah, what really gets up my nose these days, well, there's a lot of things that do, but particularly with regard to the media, what gets up my nose yeah. is that everything has to be sensationalised. So yep. the most mundane thing is made to sound like the end of the world. Yeah. There's no such thing as just news anymore. It's all got this current affairs format thing, but... It, Maybe I'm a cranky old bugger, but I remember the days when you had your Brian Hendersons and your Roger Clemsons and people like that, and they reported the news. Yes. They reported the news. They didn't give their opinions on it. It wasn't what they think. Yep. Forcing that on the rest of us. It was what reporting meant. Yep. You know? Yeah. This is what happened. Now you know. Yeah. Whereas nowadays, it's not reporting, it's it's opinion pieces, and it's 
this is kind of what happened and this is what I reckon because it suits my political leaning. Yep. And therefore, because I'm on television and I'm pretty, it's the truth. Yeah. And then you get people saying, well, you know, that's not my truth and that's your truth and yeah. this whole business about whose truth it is. There's truth and there's untruth and there's yeah. no shades of grey in between. Nah. Anyway. That's right. That's just my opinion. Bit of a laugh. Carrie Bickmore's got some pictures of her, some paparazzi guy's been stalking her. Yeah. And uh, she's wearing this muddy one-piece bathing suit. Yeah, she, she, she looks pretty good, actually, for her age. How old is she? 40-something. Is she really? Yeah. Good. I'm getting old. Yeah. Mm. Uh, look, I mean, can people not have a holiday? I feel sorry for people that just can't go and have a holiday and be left alone. Mm. Anyway. Oh, I have the same problem, mate. Yeah. Paparazzi following me everywhere I go, snapping photos. Yeah. Anyway. It is what it is. It is. Well, right, mate, well, that's it. This is the non-news news. Yeah, not the on-the-road news. Well, hopefully by next week something interesting will happen. Just so that the listeners do know, too, our good friend and editor at Big Rick's, James Graham, had a bit of a medical incident over the holidays. I heard that. He spent some time in hospital and uh, he is now home. I was talking to him only yesterday and he's making a recovery and he'll be back in the chair at Big Rick's there soon, I'm sure. You know, I hate to say thoughts and prayers, but, um, you know, I was thinking about him and he'll come good. Yeah. So I was just happy to, when I was talking to him, just to hear his voice and hear that he is okay because it wasn't a minor thing that happened to him. And mm. uh, I'm sure he'll reveal whatever it was in his own good time if he chooses to. Yeah. But uh, get well, mate. Tough as boots, power on. Yeah, no, he's all right. He's all right. Yeah. All right, mate. Well, we'll see you next week with a whole swag of actual news, hopefully. I'll tell you what, mate, we've got a bombshell next week. Oh, have we? We do have a bombshell next week, let me tell you. Wow. A bombshell. A bombshell. Look forward to that. Bombshell. Righto, Cobber. I'll catch you later. Take it easy. See ya. For all the latest industry news, go to www.bigrigs.com.au. Taking us out of the show this week is by far and away the youngest Aussie music artist we've ever featured on this show. At just 13 years of age, this young fella is a singer and multi-instrumentalist who plays no less than 16 instruments, has appeared at Tamworth, the Gimpy Music Muster, the Echo, and even on Channel 10's Studio 10 show. In late December, he released his debut single called B-Side. Now speaking about the song, he says, B-Side is about how everyone wants nice things like peaches and blueberries and coffee, but they don't think too much about the fact that they only have these things because of the bees as they pollinate all our food crops. The song is all about appreciating the bees and realising the importance of bees on our planet. Here he is, 13-year-old Jake Murdoch with his brand new single, B-Side.
On the Road is proudly brought to you by NTI, Australia's leading transport and logistics insurer, and Queensland Rail committed to improving safety through engineering, innovation and education. Be sure to join us again next week when our guest says... No, you're right, mate. Mike says... I've always been mad. And Andy says... It'll be a happening thing. In the meantime, play nice with each other and most of all, stay safe out there. Bye for now. Bye-bye. The team here at On The Road believe in the right to free speech and whilst we might not always be in agreement with the views of our guests and contributors, we support their right to hold and express those opinions. Driven away and never to return By toxic pesticides Can anybody hear?